It's Most Things Kenobi, an elegant podcast for a more civilized fandom. Hmm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. Well, this week we are starting a new arc from Clone Wars. We are talking about the Dooku Captured arc and Yay. starting with the episode Dooku Yay. Captured. <laughs> Yay! This episode brings me such joy. <laughs> it is so ridiculous and fun. It's hard to not smile the whole time when you watch it. I mean, when we talk about the the goods from season one, I consider this it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's just great. There's it's messy, I think. It's it's kind of like just one long comedic episode. I something <laughs> happened in the writing room or in the filming studio. Yes. Where they're like, you know what, let's have some fucking fun with this one. <laughs> Seriously, this sass is like it's on like high gear in this compared to the other episodes. It's really funny. And like every character. Yes. It's it's just one thing after another. I don't know if there's a single non comedic line spoken except for what Dooku says. <laughs> well yeah, <laughs> I mean well otherwise I think it's all <laughs> sass. <laughs> yeah, and I love this episode because we get to see Dooku not being Dooku-y. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> we know him from the prequels at this point, right? And he's so, like, long in the face. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay, well, that's quite literally, literally, <laughs> literally true in, in the Clone Wars. But he's very, you know, like, solemn, stoic, mm-hmm. serious. And then this episode, he's just... He's a mess. And the second episode, the follow-up episode that we'll be doing it is gets even worse. messier. <laughs> is this the first time we meet Hondo? Yes. Yes, it is. He's a delight. He is. And his little <laughs> Kowakian monkey lizard. <laughs> yeah. And his whole crew of bandits. <laughs> I There's so many things I love about Hondo. I love that Jim Cummings based his accent on Yule Brenner. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's, I just picture <laughs> replacing Yul Brenner and the King and I with Hondo, and I just, yeah. I think it would be delightful. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that their starships are flying saucers. Yes! We've never seen saucers in Star Wars before, and I love no. that Hondo gets the flying saucer. He gets the alien stereotype saucer. <laughs> yeah. You know, we come in peace. It's almost ironic. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I love the sound effects of it, too. It's really cool. Well, I'm just thinking of straight up 1960s Roswell, you know, the greens and the grays. Anyone a fan of Coast to Coast AM out there? Look, we have a lot of alien conversation in this household, so yes, <laughs> as I you know. well know, <laughs> I do I do? I never would expect that a a a Pirates of the Caribbean lookalike would come sauntering <laughs> out of a flying space <laughs> saucer, flying saucer. Which came first? I don't know. 
Nah, the Pirates of the Caribbean came first, right? Why did I never think that Hondo is Captain Jack Sparrow? But he looks just like him. I mean, he's got the braids and the layered clothes. He's a pirate. He's a he's a yes. You know, yeah. And everybody who's playing the pirates, they have the the classic like pirate accent going yes. on. Oh, it's it was it's just pure delight, honestly. It really is, <laughs> and and I love when Anakin states the obvious like towards the end of the episode that everyone's thinking like, how did this band of pirates capture Dooku when the Jedi, the Jedi order and the Republic couldn't, you know? Yeah. Mostly because Dooku allows himself. I mean, he has no choice. The premise is he has no choice and he's like, all right, I'll just join you back to your, your lair, you know? And I was thinking about this because it's so unrealistic, honestly, that Dooku would get captured by pirates and they're, they surround him, and Hondo says, you're outnumbered. It's like, that is not a problem for Dooku. For a Sith, yeah. So there's some part of him having to, like, agree to it. That's how you get Dooku, or a Sith right. of any kind, to, like, make a mistake. Exactly. He needed to bide his time till he could get a ship and leave. He seems so embarrassed. Imagine, like, do you think Sidious was real pissed? Oh, <laughs> For sure. When that ransom call came in, you know Palpatine had to be like, son of a bitch, I trust this. I'm going to leave him in that jail cell for as long as possible. You know what? I'm going to send, I'm going to send motherfucking, what's his name? Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks to stall. He hoped he would mess it up. Yep. (laughs) You're so right. That's why he didn't send anyone else. He's like, you know what? Take your time, Jar Jar. Yeah. You know, why was Padme in that meeting at all? Because Anakin and someone had to send Anakin, so why not? Yeah, yeah, I guess. She sure has a lot of authority to suddenly declare that they want to send two Jedi. (laughs) The the Emperor's like, okay, (laughs) you you could just go ahead. That's fine. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I, I always wondered that it's a little awkward the meeting with palpatine and like the senators padme's just always in the office yeah i know and i don't know whatever it's just an excuse to like tie it to anakin somehow i guess yeah it's all very convenient i suppose it's maybe because palpatine and padme might be friends because they're both from naboo but really maybe it's just palpatine keeping his enemies close so he true very true I've always thought it was weird. Didn't really make that much sense, but whatever. Well, every senator thing that involves Padme is kind of like convenient, <laughs> you know. But I mean, You're that's right, the show. Yeah. That's the show. You're right. Uh, okay, so the intro, the little manhunt cookie. <laughs> oh, not that, not that <laughs> intro. <laughs> I love how it's so jarring. I know it's always shocking when Tom Kane's <laughs> voice breaks in. Sorry. I just made the little the fortune cookie at the beginning. The winding path to peace is always a worthy one, regardless of how many turns it takes. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I, I, the winding path to peace? There is no peace in this episode. That's why it's hilarious. Everyone's at exactly. odds. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, what peace? And like capturing a person for peace? Like I, I just felt like that message made no fucking sense at all. I guess I guess if if you take into consideration the fact that Anakin and Obi-Wan are like, look at the fortune we've landed in. We are friends with weak ways who captured Dooku and un unlikely allies and blah blah blah. Maybe that? Maybe, yeah. But it all goes awry. 
anyway. Yeah, like nothing is as it seems. (laughs) (laughs) It's a stretch. But we do get Obi-Wan in a space suit. (laughs) We do? (laughs) We do. (laughs) I, the thought of spacesuits in Star Wars is weird to me. Every time I see one. I know, it's very shocking because they they don't care. They show up wherever, they take their mask out, they're breathing foreign, you know, alien air all the time and it's it's fine. Like they did it in the Ahsoka show and I just thought it was so weird. I just, I think it's weird. Yes. Whenever someone puts a space suit on in Star Wars, it's a little too close to home. I don't mean to be that person. Someone was someone was messaging me about the Ahsoka show and they're like, at first I thought maybe that was cool, and then the longer the scene went on, I was like, I think it's pretty lame. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean it's it kinda got ridiculous. I mean, I get it, but I don't. It fit her Montreals, which was so weird. I mean it has to. But anyway, yes, this is no. all besides the point. We get Obi Wan yeah. in a spacesuit. He looks great. Well, it's like one of those, it's like a fish bowl, it like is. a bubble head, and his hair is just perfect. Well, of course there. it is. I mean, space cannot touch the follicles on that man's head. <laughs> cannot and will not. His hair is in a vacuum in and of itself. So It is. <laughs> <laughs> Untouchable. <laughs> and the snark starts pretty much from the second Obi-Wan opens the cell to Anakin's. The whole thing is Anakin is captured on purpose to try and capture Dooku to infiltrate and then the the, the married couple begins their married couple <laughs> yes. arguments <laughs> been together too long yep it's and this true. is only season one <laughs> <laughs> they've already had enough of each other yeah 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 it really it starts with sass and doesn't stop the entire time no in fact this episode has one of our favorite scenes of all time and that's at the end of the episode which we'll get to but yes oh my gosh i mean i love that scene it's fucking ridiculous but you know they go through this whole thing and they're on vancor and that's how they all kind of meet up right dooku yeah. crashed and then obi-wan and anakin crash and <laughs> it's a three-part act like three acts <laughs> in 20 yes. minutes and it's it really, really a bit much <laughs> It's a lot. The gang's all here. Literally. (laughs) There's a gang of pirates, a Sith Lord, and a couple of Jedi who argue like married people. It's fantastic. I feel like it's kind of, the Jedi kind of are dumb (laughs) in this episode. They're really playing into Dooku's hands the entire time. I don't think Dooku was really fooled at all by Anakin getting captured. No. And he seemed to be expecting Obi-Wan anyway. And then well, Dooku was he captures. Wrong? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> then he traps them in the cave. He lures yeah. them in, traps them. It's just like they are acting like they're so superior their whole time, and they're really just getting owned by Dooku one minute after another. It's ridiculous. Well, Obi Wan turns it into one big nonchalant lesson for Anakin in the cave when the mother of all Gundarks comes after him and he's just casually wiping off his lightsaber and you know Anakin can't find his because Dooku took it but like the whole thing is it's a lot of one-liners snippy one-liners back and forth each other if they stopped doing that they might have not been duped by Dooku so easily what a good point stop having your heads up your asses and pay attention. Like, (laughs) listen, I'm here for the comedic element, but like, 
the reason they're in this predicament is because they can't stop going at each other one sass at a time. Yes, which is why Luminara gets fed up with them in the the Point Rain episode, where she's like, could we yeah. get back to work, please? <laughs> I mean, leave it to a woman to have to settle it between two dudes, right? <laughs> Let's get back to work. Come on. Yeah. I do want to know if getting crushed by a pile of rocks isn't a good enough excuse to lose hold of your lightsaber, then what is? True. When Obi-Wan gives Anakin shit about it, I, I've, I've always felt like uh he was crushed by a pile of rocks and that's a good enough reason to lose hold of it i think personally but that is a feeble excuse is what obi-wan says i was just thinking about the connection to the kenobi show with the rocks wow good wow it just hit me that anakin has a comeback in that moment, by piling <laughs> rocks on top of him, he's held a grudge from Vancor all these years later. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's a Shit. good point. I mean, I'm sure there's absolutely no connection. But in this moment, I'm thinking about it. We see a through line. Yeah. Yes, we do. I do like to, though, with this whole thing in the cave and... They release the poison gas and they're literally dying. Yes, <laughs> and a- yes. Ahsoka becomes the Ginny Weasley of Star Wars, like a <laughs> child with so much power. She just explodes the wall in. Yes. And I I love that even as a kid, her solution for the Gundark is to close the cave wall instead of hurting the, the creature. Absolutely. Yes. That's how it should be done. It's just so Ahsoka, I felt. Yeah. Yes, and and really that goes back to her Tales of the Jedi, how her first encounter with that beast, like she's going to yes. connect maybe and save them. That's what I like yes. about Ahsoka. She's, she is a feeler and she is going to save or at least protect an animal or a creature or whatever as the first resort. Maybe later she'll deal with it a different way, but yeah. But yeah, even she has a sassy line. Even she greets him with some sass. And Rex. Yeah. Isn't Rex also there giving him a side eye through the, the helmet? He's just quiet <laughs> watching the, the shit unfold. <laughs> he looks so young, though. Oh, my oh, gosh. I know. I know. I know. So fresh and, and not aged by war. and Yeah. I know. And honestly, I feel like all of the actors, too... Except for Matt Lanter. Matt Lanter's so easy. He's just so, like, comfortable, it seems, in the role. But I feel like the other people, the other performers, are still kind of feeling it out. And James is somewhere between mimicking Ewan and then, like, stretching his legs a little more with the character. And Did you know that Obi-Wan's line, you're not the prisoners I'm looking for, is an echo of, these are not the droids you're looking for. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of a nice tie-in. I read that, so. Yeah. You know, I always come with the little factoids. They usually try very hard to not over-reference the original source material, but that was too that was too good. You could not yeah. put that in. There. I mean, come on. It's it's perfect snark, too, cuz it works with Obi Obi-Wan's persona in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars anyways, and it's a nice little nod, so. Yeah. Exactly. How do they I, refresh my memory? Because I did not watch this beforehand. I'm going off of complete memory. 
because I had to get rid of Disney Plus because the prices, OMG. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Anybody, anybody feel me out there? I don't have it currently, but I've seen this episode enough times that it's like ingrained. But how do Obi-Wan and Anakin get from Vancor to wherever Hondo and his 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 little home, his lair is? How do they get Florum? There? Florum, um, yeah. Ahsoka and Rex rescue them out of the cave and bring them back aboard their gunship, whatever their yeah. major... It's not a Star Destroyer, but it's what they were before that, which I can't remember the name now. Starfighter? That's too small. The giant one, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they get a call from the Senate and the Chancellor and I think it's Mace Windu, actually, Says that they have a mission for them to go to Florum because the pirates have captured Dooku and they have to go unarmed to Dooku's lair. Not Dooku's lair. No. (laughs) Sorry. Hondo's lair. I'm really tired. Can you tell? (laughs) Hondo's lair. I only got like three hours of sleep, so I'm a little tired. But Oh, God. God help me. (laughs) Although Dooku's lair is the episode. No. There is no Dooku's lair. Grievous's lair. Fuck it's me. It's Grievous's oh lair God. is the one before this one. Yes, and yes, we love that is. episode. <laughs> God. I'm just going to go to bed now. Have a nice it's day, okay. everyone. I forgot who Darth Bane was, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they get there. Yeah. Okay. That that does jog my memory. There's a meeting. and then They, they go. go in the twilight, his shitty little oh, ship God. that he stole from Jabba's palace or something yes. like that. God. That thing. The thing that Obi-Wan takes to save Satine and it gets yeah. blown to hell. <laughs> well, they had to get rid of it somehow. And that was yeah, the only that way the they end. were going to get rid of that. <laughs> and this is where Kenobi and Hondo form their friendship, their lifelong... <sighs> Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. Forever. Forever BFF. I love that Hondo is just like the king of his castle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever he wants, anyone will answer to him. It, he's obviously a decent ringleader. Yeah, people follow him. Slightly. He is smart. Hondo's smart. He's clever. I'll give him I'll give yeah. him that. If you want to learn more about him, we did a whole episode about Hondo, so check that out. It was interesting. Very. And, and the best part is, is that he's unapologetic. And that's why yeah. I think everyone loves him. Because the Jedi are trying to be something. The Sith are trying to be something. The the Senators are trying to be something. Anakin and Padme are trying to not be something. And then there's just <laughs> Hondo being Hondo. Who gives a shit? He doesn't like people. He does like people. He's in it for a price. He's not in it for a price. I mean, he's just, he, he's a businessman. He is, yeah. He doesn't take anything too personally, unless he wants to take it personally, and then he yeah. chooses to. But that's correct. Yeah. I, I, he's really funny, and I love watching him with his clan. I guess he's yeah. sitting there, laying back, drinking, and his monkey lizard is refilling his cup for yes. him over and over. I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> I think that was what our dear friend Master Crumb, Salacious Crumb. should have done for Jabba, but he just sat there. I think he should have been a drink filler. (laughs) Yeah, he was more of a court jester, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I want to go to Hondo's lair. I want to hang out. I want to BS, play cards, drink, watch the dancers. (laughs) I want to go there. It's so similar 
to the uh, the cantina on Tatooine, to the hive of scum yes. and villainy. Like, yes. That's Hondo's place. He would take that as a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. I really wish that Oga's cantina in A Galaxy's Edge was a little more slimy and seedy. It's it's <laughs> actually very nice, and there's no like there's no seedy characters. It's all pretty well mm. kept because it's it's a Disney park. But right, right. It it could be like one of those instances where every once in a while Hondo or one of his pirates could come out in costume and like just completely steal the show at the bar at the time. I think it would be yeah. amazing, but they don't do it anyway. Oh, they should. Opportunity missed, really. Right. Hire us. We'll give you ideas, Disney. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much going on in this lair that is so not a kid's show. Not a kid's show. (laughs) What? Like right at the end. That's even all of it. Just right at the end there. There's like a pirate trying to grab a barmaid's ass. Yes. They're drugging the Jedi. There's a lady dancing on the table flirtatiously. (laughs) Yes. And that's. What That's our this? favorite part, because me and you have laughed about this forever. If you pause and watch the expression of Anakin and the expression of Obi-Wan, it's, it's so good. So good. Anakin's like, oh, wow, dancers and legs and ladies and things. We don't really actually know the gender. We assume it's a female. Yeah, I haven't. Well, you kind of only see the legs. You see the dancer from far away once, but I I didn't pause it to look. But yeah, yeah. So under the the striped tights, yeah, like like a witch or something, like Beetlejuice. (laughs) It's it's actually a female Beetlejuice, but no, it's. I think it's great because it shows Anakin's not childlike, but like adolescent, like oh, pretty pretty women dancing and Obi-Wan's trying not to look does and then forces himself not to by covering his eyes and I love (laughs) the entire thing yeah he he likes it a little bit he does like a little side smile smirk thing where you can tell it's kind of I can't tell if it's judgment or enjoyment (laughs) I know (laughs) both (laughs) no it might be both both. it's a little both it's great though because They didn't have to add that detail, and they did, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else I love about that scene, that moment, is when Hondo and Obi-Wan give toasts, and Obi-Wan says to powerful pirates and new friends of the Republic, and if you watch it with headphones, you can hear a pirate in the background say, oh, that's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) No way. I got to listen. I never wear headphones, which is probably why I can't ever hear any single episode ever of anything. But, like, <laughs> I need to hear that. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> it's really funny because he, he kind of makes, like, a silly toast and no one says anything. But in the background, you can hear somebody who's like, oh. <laughs> who, who added that? Who was the voice of that person? I wonder. And isn't our other favorite scene when they sass and harass Dooku as he's hung up? <laughs> yes. yes. In the room. They are sore winners. They are shitty winners, those they Jedi. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love how Obi-Wan's face comes in as he delivers, like, that last line to Dooku. Yeah. I can't remember it, though. What is it? Do you have it? I wrote it down because I like Good. it so much. Yeah. Uh, Dooku says they are devious and deceitful and, most importantly, stupid. And Obi-Wan says, it's a wonder you don't get along with them, Dooku. You have so much in common. 
That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's so rude. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's also reminiscent of when Obi-Wan is hung up, kind of. Yes. In, in Attack uh, of the Clones, right? Attack of the Clones, yeah. So it's another nod to something else. Dooku was gracious to Obi-Wan in that moment. He wasn't... He, True. he was talking about Qui-Gon. He was still kind mm-hmm. of wanting to get Obi-Wan on his side. And, and so, then there's like, this. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Take your shot, Obi-Wan. <laughs> He's so like the obnoxious teenager in, in that moment. It's just like, yeah. Could you just mature, please? <laughs> I, I expect this from Anakin in those moments. And he delivers. But Obi-Wan is like... Yeah. Well, where do you think Anakin learned it? This is true. He wasn't that sassy as a little kid. He definitely no, he... learned it from being around Obi-Wan for too long. 100%. And oh and and Ahsoka learned it from them together. So yes, yeah, she is from a lineage, but it's a lineage of sass <laughs> and backhanded pure, compliments. Pure sass. I love it. Well, do you remember how beautiful Vancor is? Beautiful. Yeah, dude, it's got the sparkly rocks. It does, but it has acid. It does, but so does Florum. True, and it is not sparkly. Florum is ugly. Florum They're like is opposites, kind of. They are, yeah. Because Vancouver is gray and kind of sooty looking, almost I would yeah. say. But then the rocks sparkle like diamonds, and then Florum's the opposite. It's orange. It looks kind of like a desert. It's arid. Mm-hmm. I was looking up some pictures because I was curious if it was based on something, and I found some concept art for it. Basically, oh, yeah. they're they're. Uh, they're designs that would go to the animators. And they're talking about the gorges, basically, mm-hmm. the, which we don't really see so much in this episode or this arc. It's like later when they show Florum later, but still, it really looks like an old seabed. Oh, so like Southern Nevada, Utah, if you're from the States. Yeah. That was an old seabed. If you look at it from space, you can see the ripples like if a, if a mud puddle or a, I don't know what people call them locally but like if there's a puddle of water and it dries Mm -hmm. the striations of the yeah so there's there's that and then there's like it almost looks like there was running water at some point maybe because there was there's like curved Mm -hmm. canyon bottoms that come up into pillars or anvils kind of so it's like a mix of water and wind i'm sure but it does look like it yeah i know they don't have any reference anywhere to why they design it like this i haven't gone into the (laughs) wikipedia explanation but i found this design on starwars.com so it was kind of cool to see it they have like notes about they have grass clumps stick plants and barnacles oh as kind of part of the design for what lives on the surface of the planet and they say Mm -hmm. to use that throughout their design like it's these three different elements are meant to be scattered like throughout the design i thought that was kind of interesting that That they reference barnacles specifically yeah well that's we know i hate those are so ugly i know they kind of gross me out like yeah a lot (laughs) a lot it's like mm, i'm not even gonna give voice but florum is i'm sorry Vancor is much prettier because of the sparkly, but aren't they there? The, aren't the Hondo and his dudes there to harvest something? They're stealing something. I don't know if they're doing anything specific for the... They show up after Dooku crashes, and then they ransack the two ships that crashed. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. 
Yeah, so I don't know if they're doing anything else, but they are definitely carrying crates and boxes out of um, both yeah. the Obi-Wan's ship and Dooku's ship. Well, when an opportunity presents itself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when you're a pirate. Pillage. <laughs> you move quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like, too, in the background, because you can see far distant shots, especially on Vancor. You can see where they are and their ability to animate. Like, the backgrounds are still matte paintings. Oh. And there's none of that atmospheric particulate, you know, that they kind of bring in later. So it's still, like, early days in the show. It's still pretty basic. But it still looks so beautiful and was, like, miles ahead of other animation that existed at the time. It's very true. I'll give it that, yeah. I, I, I don't mind season one animation, it's not as good as later animation, but I don't mind it. It's it's like it's kind of like a nostalgic thing for me. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't know any different at the nope. time. Mm-mm. You know, we know now how beautiful it can be. But when it was starting, they were breaking new ground for animation. It was pretty impressive. I miss like the early days of the clone, like when everything was new. I love going over this and talking about these episodes that we love and why we fell in love with them. But there's something... So magical about seeing it for like the first or second time, and I kind of miss that. I know, I do too. I do with all Star Wars, even. I know, I know. Well, if I ever have dementia someday, Leanne, just show me <gasps> okay. Star Wars new, new and fresh, <laughs> so I can enjoy it for the first time. <laughs> Fun fact: November is Alzheimer's and Dementia Month. <laughs> oh, is it? All right. <laughs> well, I would just like to say I would like to sit next to Anakin at that bar. <laughs> and yeah pick his brain on what he's actually thinking and then i would like to slide on over next to obi-wan kenobi and pick his brain about what he's <laughs> thinking because i guarantee you it's two totally different things yeah <laughs> and i want to know i'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure. and obi-wan looks really beautiful this episode mm-hmm. he's very nicely animated <laughs> well, his side profile, especially at that bar, when him and Anakin yes. turn towards each other and toast, mm-hmm. it's especially sharp. Yes, it is. Very pointed. <laughs> very, very handsome. Yes. <laughs> so next week is the other half of this two-part storyline, and the episode is called The Gungan General. It's ridiculous. It ups the ante of ridiculousness yeah, things are gonna it stays pretty light it does and we love it and we'll talk about it and you know what it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun time because a lot of it is just over the top sassy absurd yes. and great last week we talked all about mark hamill and it was fucking delightful it really was <laughs> And we asked our listeners, outside of Star Wars, what is your favorite Mark Hamill role? Lightwise on Spotify said, I just love listening to an animated or voiceover role and all of a sudden realizing, hey, that's Mark Hamill. Yeah. (laughs) Even if he's disguising his voice, there's always hints of his raspy joviality underneath. That's really true. (laughs) That's a good description. Raspy joviality. (laughs) I like that. That's a really good description. Forest Jedi said Joker in animated Batman series. Genius. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And Amelie said, 
Well, I haven't seen many at all, but apart from Star Wars, it has been his performance as Fire Lord Ozai in Avatar. His voice acting is absolutely chilling and perfect for the role. And that is so true. He's so good in that show. It's amazing. And Darth Kevin made me (laughs) laugh out loud. He says on Twitter, my favorite role of Mark Hamill that always comes to mind is the trickster circa 1990. And he included a picture of the outfit that Mark Hamill wears as the character. And it is absurd. And I love every (laughs) inch of this costume. It's everything. And that's what I told Kevin. I said, this outfit's everything. (laughs) It's really worth looking it up if you aren't aware what it looks like. Because it's it's nuts. (laughs) I just, it's fantastic. And the hair is also fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, everyone, who submitted their favorite roles. It was hard to pick from, but you did it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. If you would like to support the podcast and become a patron, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need one place to find all these things, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.